Today's Leading Women episode 199. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Are you looking on expanding your audience through podcasting? Learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com to learn more. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Deborah Bishop. Deborah Bishop is an inner image expert because you will never outperform your own self-image and a keynote performer. Her programs involve unsticking entrepreneurs from struggle and luck while placing them firmly in whole wealth and profitability. She is a master at assisting you in cultivating your greatest asset, yourself, and coming up with ways to capture your market. Build beyond your competition, stand out as an expert in your field, as well as actually walking you through the creative process to build products and passive income streams you never even thought of possible. So women of the world, Miss Deborah Bishop, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Marie. I am really excited to be here. We are delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Deborah, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, the knowledge, and the experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So, here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and idea behind a niche? Okay, I'm happy to do that. Great question. You know, my business is really a process of evolution. It's, uh, I, I call myself first and foremost life certified. And I call my business or my career really my vocation. And I would suggest that everybody looking to start a business really look at their passion or some other people call it the purpose that they have in life, the calling, the dream that you have. Because ultimately for me, it was pursuing my passion and my dreams, not always really succeeding, you know, and indeed sometimes running up so many times against barriers that it led me to find a way through, which ultimately birthed the methodology, which then led to my company and and helping hundreds of other people to do the same thing. So it all started with really pursuing what was in my heart, which is a brave thing to do. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to decide that you're going to go after something. And it's not always because you know how. In fact, most of the time you don't. Uh, but it's that it's that burning desire. It's that thought or idea that calls out to you when you think, uh, you know, and the question is great. I didn't come up with it. And I'm sure that some of your listeners may have heard this before. But it's like if money were no object, what would you be doing right now? It's important to remove the limitations and to really look at 
what excites you? That's the first step to starting a business. That's the first step for me in finding out what my true vocation is in this life, which is now what I'm doing. And the more that I surrender and just allow my guide, my heart to be my guide, allow for each step I take to really be where I feel I'm directed, the greater success I'm having. And it's not just success like, oh, I feel good. It's true success. It's financial success. It's And, and that's really my niche is helping people to uh, break through on that level where they can have a great relationship to money and cash flow. Because there's a lot of, of would-be entrepreneurs and there's a lot of established entrepreneurs that passion they don't know how they'd make money at it or you know they're in business but they're working really hard just to get by and so having been on all sides of this conversation um, what I've really learned how to do is to get emotionally well and whole around what I call the most dysfunctional and unconscious but committed relationship of our lives which is this relationship to money so for me that's the first step I'll take with either budding entrepreneurs or established entrepreneurs um, so that the cash flow can be there because once the cash flow is there Marie everything else is possible and again this all started with me being dedicated to pursuing what was in my heart so to answer your question fully that to me is the first step Wow, I love what I'm hearing about your business and you know how it evolved and came into existence and you touched upon a lot of insights there that you've just shared. So and I'm sure our listeners were curious to hear that one as well. Now, what was that defining moment that prompted you to start a business and made you say, This is my business? <laughs> um I will say that I I started in the entertainment industry when I was four years old. Okay, so I have always sort of walked on the fringe of the traditional anyway. It's just kind of the way that I came. I can honestly say that I think I've been employed by somebody else maybe five times in my entire life. I am a, a visionary. I and that's and and it's taken me. I say that now with with confidence. It's taken me a long time to own that, but. As far as working for someone else goes, I just could never find the quote job, J-O-B, uh, to really uh, feed me, to nourish me, to, to, to allow me to have the dream that I wanted. Um, I started the entrepreneur probably most importantly as an artist first and foremost because, you know, you, you really are in charge of your own destiny when you're doing that. Uh, and then as I had limiting beliefs and, and my own foundational lies, and excuse me, I'm kind of using my own language and my methodology here, but I had this sort of uh, these blocks and these limitations I didn't even know about, you know, and they had me kind of looking for ways that I thought I had to make money in order to do what I love to do. Uh, but even then, you know, my entrepreneurial path started as an independent contractor. So I, I wasn't really ever... Um, overly employed, we'll put it that way. I call myself really emotionally unemployable. <laughs> so for me to step on the path of the entrepreneur, the truth is that really it was the only place available to me that made any sense. That doesn't mean I knew how to do it. It just means that 
when I when I looked at all my choices, the only one that really seemed to speak to value, you know, me having value, me being able to obtain value, me being able to give value uh, and have a valuable life was really the entrepreneurial path. It was the only option I personally could see. So it's been kind of a lifelong path. Um, and again, I, I look at it as starting when I was four years old. I stepped out as a dancer and in music and and um, ultimately acting. And that's, I guess, in in that regard, I had some advantages because I I didn't feel contained by some of the traditional uh, ways that people sometimes approach kids. You know, you need to do it this way. But let's not make the mistake of thinking that somehow that was easier because um, starting in the entertainment world at a very young age I was told what wasn't possible how I needed to always have something to fall back on how um, you know there's no way I could make money at that you know only I'd have to be really really lucky starving artists you know that concept uh, started at a very young age and it had a big impact in my life it created a lot of struggle for me for a long time so when it looks at when I look at when did I say, yes, this is my business? I think it was really the moment that and that I, I realized um, I wasn't struggling anymore and neither were my clients. Wow, what a beautiful story you've shared. And I love when you said about being emotionally unemployable. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to that experience and to that feeling. And you know what? The good thing is that, you know, like for, for example, with you, you have a skill that you can leverage. And more often, you know, a business idea or a great idea comes from leveraging what we already know. And when we know that we can provide value, we can we can help others with the skill that we have. That's one, one of the ways that that give birth to a business idea. So I love that you shared that one for our listeners as well. Now, your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry, and that resonates very well with a particular portion of our listeners. However, they really like to know, what was that compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out? Well, it's a big vision for me Personally, um, I have some very heartfelt uh, realities to being successful just on a, on a personal level. And for me, it has a lot to do with um, animals and the earth. And, and uh, one of my passions is starting a land trust and, or a nonprofit that would create land trusts and um, turn those land trusts, which could also be, uh, you know, reefs in the ocean and so forth, um, turn them into sanctuaries and rehab centers for wildlife. Uh, I really feel as though, you know, we are building and trying to accommodate ourselves uh, over and over again, you know, building and building out and building apartments and building homes and building into the wilderness and tearing things down and and overall not really living in a lot of harmony here with, with the rest of, of nature. So I, I feel like, you know, the, the one way to secure that would be to really be able to create massive land trusts all over the planet and, and populate them. 
with wildlife that's being displaced so that they have a chance. And in some cases, probably having to um, rehabilitate certain wildlife that can survive in those areas, um, you know, relocate them so that they do survive and then use those areas uh, to also educate people um, about being in harmony with nature because people seem to forget and I get it. I really get it. We're all in a hurry. We're all trying to just, you know, get to that next place and do what we can for our families. But we also seem to forget that, um, we're not the only living being on this planet. So for me, that's very important. That's my personal passion. Um, from a professional standpoint, I believe truly that for people to care enough, about things like this, um, they've got to have their own needs met. They've got to have um, their lives taken care of. Um, they need to have resources. They need to have their own needs met and exceeded. Because what I have found to be true is that when somebody has their needs exceeded, they're not trying to figure out how to get by anymore. Their bills are paid. They've got more money than they need. You know, they've got affluence. They've got wealth. And these are words that most people are not comfortable with because they've got lots of baggage around them. But when they've got that affluence and wealth in their life, what I've found to be true a hundred percent of the time um, with anybody I've worked with or known, that they start to look and see where can I where can I contribute? How can I give back? Uh, they start foundations, you know, they give to charity, they give to their church, they give to their community, they feed the hungry, they rescue animals, they participate in Habitat for Humanity, they send money to um, areas that have been devastated by uh, a natural event, uh, and, you know, they fund uh, different types of research and stuff. So they really become the philanthropist. And, uh, and so that is the vision of my business is to create um, as many uh, self-made multimillionaires as I possibly can, uh, assist them, I, I don't mean me personally, but assist them in their self-creation so that um, they can then, you know, step out and do good work in the world because um, that's just what's required. Wow, what a grand vision that one is. And I love that they share both of your personal and professional vision in life because I truly believe that, you know, building wealth is one of the vehicles that we can not only support ourselves, but our family. But when we have more than enough that we need, we are able to help. Uh, we are able to extend the help to other people and impact other people's lives. And I love when you said about creating as many self-made millionaires so that they can in turn help others. So I love that you shared that one. So for our listeners out there, the takeaway here is to create a vision for yourself and for your business that inspires you, something that gives you direction, something that motivates you on a daily basis. And it doesn't have to be a grand, grand vision. Start with a simple one and that vision will grow and evolve with you. So take a moment and create a vision for yourself and that will continue to drive you towards success or towards achieving that. So thanks for sharing that. All right, now let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? 
Okay. Well, I, I will share this. And, and I, one thing I, I want to make sure, I know I shared a really, really big vision just now. I did it uh, twofold. One, because I want people to realize there is no such thing as a too big a vision. Um, the only person telling you that is yourself. So go for it. Um, and the other is that that big vision has been um, a series of ideas over time. So, you know, as an entrepreneur now coming into, so what I mean by that is like some of it was motivated by some very little ideas of what might be possible for myself. So wherever you're at on that scale, just go for it. That's the, the best advice I can give. As far as challenges go, Marie, I think I have made every possible mistake that an entrepreneur can make um, on my path. Uh, especially because I've been at it for a few years now. And um, I, I think I owned, I, I did actually, I, I owned uh, one of the very first uh, uh, art magazines in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is where I'm from. By the time I was 18, I had founded this magazine and somehow talked, uh, uh, I, I don't know how, but somehow talked a, a firm of lawyers into financially supporting this magazine, this art magazine, um, which, by the way, was really massive mistake on my part because you get a bunch of um, from of lawyers. Which this is not a lawyer joke. This is just the truth of it. They they think a particular way, and then you ask them to sponsor an art magazine. And obviously, I must have given them a really great impression somehow because they said yes to it. And then I put I hired a staff of writers, and we put together the first three issues of the art magazine. And they took one look at it, and um, it was very evident that they did not know how to think creatively. And so, unfortunately, that magazine was never published. Um, but uh, I still have the logo. I'm still very proud of what I did. And, and at that moment, I, I realized, you know, part of that was my own limiting beliefs. That's why I allowed that structure to take place and why I could do all that work and then somehow just miss the mark. That was a pattern in my life um, that I learned how to change. Um, but I also learned in that moment that, you know, like-mindedness is kind of important. When you're putting things together, you want people who get it, um, not people who are going to challenge you and then second-guess your vision and, and, and shut you down. So that was a, that was a big deal to, to learn that. Um, and, you know, I have uh, personally um, just gone through uh, financial ruin in the name of entrepreneurship, uh, where yeah, really I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen next uh, because I just had no relationship to money. You know, I, I was able to be really successful in every other way except that ultimately. Um, but in applying my own personal methodology finally to the financial area of my life, I turned myself around from making you know less than $12,000 a year, which um, here in the United States is really, really not much money at all, um, at all. Uh, and, and applying my own methodologies to myself finally, I don't know. Well, it, obviously it just, that was where I needed the most work. So it was sort of the last place I did it, which tends to be the way we are sometimes. Um, I turned my financial life around in 16 months, I'd made over $360,000. And that was literally because I developed a relationship 
to money. So I've been real broke, um, really, really broke. I've been, uh, I've partnered with people that maybe didn't have the greatest integrity thinking that, you know, they had something I didn't and, and they would help me be successful. Um, I signed up (laughs) with some network marketing opportunities thinking, you know, oh, they're telling me all I have to do is get started and follow their training and I'll be successful. And, you know, while that is an element It is part of it. Yes, you sign up, you follow their training, and, you know, you can be successful, but the the optimal word there is can, and there's a lot more to it. You actually do need to learn how to be an entrepreneur and be in business for yourself and have a relationship to money and feel that you're worthy and deserving. There's all these other layers. Uh, but I showed up in the, in the network marketing business um, thinking, hey, I'm, I'm in business now. Of course, I'm going to be a success and, and wasn't. Uh, so uh, there has been lots and lots and lots of mistakes. However, the greatest gift, and that's why I call it my vocation, was just this feeling that, you know, even though I was learning um, and and maybe losing along the way, that I was ultimately winning, that I was ultimately realizing how to get there by by realizing what not to do or, or how not to do it and, and learning and, and writing and and developing these processes as I was going. And I had some amazing mentors and amazing guides who I was able to really talk to and ask questions of and get confirmation on. And, you know, it, it all became this incredible system that, you know, I stand by 150% because I've just seen it be so successful. And I, I've used it so many times now, not just with entrepreneurs prior to really niching into the entrepreneurial world. Um, you know, I used it looking at relationships. I spent um, some time working with couples using this methodology uh, on body image, having healthy body image. Um, there was a period of time where I ended up working with people that had terminal illness. A lot of cancer people um, work through the methodology, and I'm, I'm really amazed and in awe to say that many of them applied this methodology and actually went into full remission. Some still contact me every once in a while and go, hey, I'm still out here, you know, 10, 15 years past what, you know, the medical profession had given them as a due date. So I know how powerful it is to have inner transformation. And, you know, challenges are, are really just showing us where our work is. That's all it is. If you're feeling challenged, it's because something inside of you is requiring clarity or requiring healing. And if we're willing to look at it that way, then anything is possible. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of us um, tend to look at it and then get angry and beat ourselves up and, and, you know, slam the door in our own face. And uh, while that is what we see happening all around us all the time. So we're kind of emulating what we've learned. Um, that is the surest way to failure that I know. Um, if you, if you lose, you didn't, you know, you didn't make the right decision. You know, if you can love, forgive and accept yourself exactly as you are, um, then you can pick yourself up and you can realize, Hey, guess what? Um, that didn't work. So, Obviously, let's not repeat that, but let's let's learn from the, that lesson. Let's let's do it differently the next time. And then a key element as well is, as I said, I had amazing teachers and amazing mentors, um, and uh, and people coaching me and guiding me. And I still do. I still have my go-to, and I have my my own uh, system and my own people, my own mentors showing me what to do next. Or it's not even so much showing me. Um, 
being the light, if you will. So if I have a question, I'm able to run the run it by them and tell them what I'm thinking and, and get some of their own expertise. Um, so that is also the other part of the equation. You ultimately really do need someone um, to assist you in seeing your way along the path. It will save you a tremendous amount of time. And more importantly, it will ultimately save you a tremendous amount of money, which I, I can attest to personally having um, funded my own education to the tune of, of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So I hope that answered your question, Marie. Absolutely. I mean, overcoming failures, overcoming self-limiting beliefs, overcoming our poor relationship with money, you know, some of the many challenges that I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate with, because I certainly can. So I'm really uh, grateful that you share that experience that you have and these challenges that you have, not only sharing them, but also sharing us how you dealt with them, because that's the good thing, you know, we can we can support and uh, sh- by sharing our experiences and our challenges with us. We can support each other and learn from each other. So I love that you touched upon those for our listeners to learn from as well. Now, Deborah, let's just switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Well, that is uh, something I work on with my clients inside some of my programs, too, is this idea of balance, um, the work-life balance. And first of all, I want to redefine what people think balance is because there's a, a real mythology out there which makes balance virtually impossible. And the mythology is that, well, if I'm spending, you know, five hours over here doing this, then I have to have five over hours over here doing that. I mean, there's this real literal translation of like, I have to have my time distributed evenly amongst everything that I'm doing. And Marie, that's impossible. It's impossible. So balance is not that. Balance, and by new definition, or at least what I will teach my clients, is balance is really when you have your life working for you. So if you say, I am going to spend uh, 60% of my time on my business, and I'm going to spend uh, 20% of my time with my family, which by the way, when you look at that, you're like, Oh, 80, 20, wait a minute. You know, um, that's, that's not good. Cause that's, that's only 20% or, you know, or 60%, I'm sorry, 60, 20, that's 80% of your time. Well, 20% to 60, that's bad. Somehow there's this larger ratio, but then I have to ask you to look at it a little closer and realize, well, yeah, but you're talking about your work time. You're talking about when when society goes to work, when kids go to school, when things happen during the day, or you could do it in the evening if you have little children around and you need to have the evening time for work and you have the support of somebody that's able to take the children at that time. Um, that is not inconsistent with the flow of life to spend 60% of time on business, you know, and then 20% of time with family means that you're probably spending more time with your family than 
probably 95% of the population because, you know, they might be spending 5% with their family because they've never actually worked this out for themselves. And in many cases, they're working for someone else at 80 to 100 hours a week. That is really not uncommon. So, okay, 60% spent on your business, 20% spent with your family. What that's really leaving you is another 20% of your time to split up the way that you'd like to. If if working out is important to you and being in shape and health and wellness, which I highly recommend getting up and moving to everybody, then you know what? You might spend 5% of your time during the week on, on workouts. So what could that look like? It might look at like quite simply 15 minutes a day. And guess what, guys? That's actually all that's required to be healthy and to be fit. There's a whole new paradigm around what it means to exercise and be in shape. And they're finding now that 15 minutes of time spent focused on a practice is far better than an hour and a half at the gym. So the good news for some of us, maybe some frustrating news for a few, but so we spend 5% on our exercise. We got 15% more that to work with there. Now we might look at that and say, all right, now 10% of that time I want to be social. I want to, I want to see people. I want to have date night. Um, okay, great. Then 10% of that time is, is spent for that. And you're left with a surplus of 5% to put wherever you want. That's how I look at creating, um, work-life balance. Um, I look at what percentages of time I'm spending where, and what's the most important to me. Um, it's not so much at 10 AM, I will be here and at 5 p.m. I will be there. I'm not knocking that. However, I think when you're looking at creating balance, you have to start with the percentages first and back into what you might call your schedule. And in some cases, depending on the business model you're looking at, you can fluctuate that schedule. You can have three days a week where you're working from early in the morning till, um, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon and you're done. And you can have other days where you're working from two o'clock in the afternoon until eight o'clock at night. Um, so you can fluctuate your schedule, especially if you're having to connect with others. That works really well because not everybody's available in the morning and not everybody's available in the evening. So you can kind of move your schedule around that way. And if you start to understand the flexibility of that, then working with percentages, realizing 60% of your time, which then you can break down into how many hours are work hours for you, um, and how many hours are wake, waking hours for you. So you're taking your 100% over your waking hours. And sleep is essential to productivity, by the way. So make sure that you get enough sleep. At least six hours is just important. Um, you can begin to break down and have a flexible schedule and not be so crazy about at 10 a.m. every morning, I must be in front of my computer. Because guess what? you have little children, that's probably not going to happen. Um, emergencies happen. We work from home. We work for ourselves a lot. Uh, if we're in a brick and mortar business, slightly different paradigm. Um, and we may have to work this out a little bit differently because we're going to have to leave our home. But if we work from home, part of the reason we work from home is to have flexibility. If you deny that flexibility, you're already defeating one of your reasons for working for yourself. So there's no reason that, that that makes no good sense. It stands between you and really being able to be successful when you're already defeating one of the main reasons that you are working for yourself. If you have a brick and mortar business, well, some of this you may do at work. Some of this you may realize I'm going to have somebody manage. I'm going to, I'm willing to delegate 
to somebody else to manage some of these things. And the first thing that comes up for people is, I can't afford it. Well, the reality of it is, is when you start to value your time appropriately, I have an equation I call the primary entrepreneur's equation, which is kind of a, a fascinating um, tabulation of how you or tabulation on how you put together your hours, your time, your income, and you come out with really how much per hour you're making. And when you realize that investing, even if it's somebody that you hire for five hours a week at 10 bucks an hour or 15 bucks an hour, and they're doing just some of the simple stuff, just the runaround simple stuff, that could translate into hundreds and hundreds of dollars of profit for you because you're now not running around five hours a week managing a bunch of simple stuff. You know, so your life balance, if you do it in percentages and you start to look at, um, you know, when you're available, when you're accessible, and when you are flexible, and then you look at making sure that you achieve your commitments to yourself throughout the week for business, you're going to find yourself feeling as though you're actually in charge. Um, and that, for me, is is the best equation for the idea of balance. But this redesign of balance and realizing if 10% of your time is spent doing something you love and that is enough, then that's balance. As long as you are happy and you are, are being where you feel you require being and it comes back to you, not where everybody else might be pushing and pulling you because if you're actually showing up because people are demanding guess what? You, you're probably 5% present because you're exhausted. If you're showing up there because it has value to you and you've chosen it, now you're showing up there 100% and that's such a huge difference. So it's really possible. You can have it all. You just have to redefine what that looks like. So part of this time management and balance idea is to realize what your personal idea of balance is and then move towards that, have that. Does that make sense, Marie? Totally makes sense. And I was really hooked in listening to every word that you said because you are a great, you have a great perspective and insight on that. And I love when you said about balance is all about when you have your life working for you. And that's the bottom line here for our listeners out there. You know, we don't have to make this work-life balance way too complicated. We have to work around what our current situation is. And I love when you said about setting your priorities and working in percentages and breaking it down and scheduling them according to your priorities. So let's learn from what Deborah just shared with us and apply that in our life is thus if that uh, applies in our current situation. But the main thing here is to really make time for your priorities in life. Make time for those that are important to you because I think that's the bottom line here. So I love that you shared your perspective on that and those tips that you have shared really will help I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well so thanks for that now let's talk about one of the highlights of our show and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be you obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience so take it back to the past say you're gonna start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck what types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? My top three tips to entrepreneurs would be number one, realize that 
you are the difference between your business working or struggling. Um, you are the different. You you are the source of your success, not the product you're selling, uh, not the idea that you think is really awesome, not even the tools that you use in your toolbox to get your your product or services or clients where they're going to go. Uh, it starts with you, how what you believe possible for yourself. And, and I'm not talking about that first layer of, oh, I know I can do it. I'm talking about underneath what you're really saying to yourself about your success. And the reality of that conversation is most of us are not even aware of it. So this is kind of a little tricky piece of advice because what it's really saying is do the work on you first. Discover what it is that you really believe possible of yourself so that you can change that conversation, you can change those beliefs, you can transform them into ones that are going to support you, that are going to be the the the, the rockets that are going to take you as far as you want to go, because um, that is really the essence of your success. It starts with what you really believe you deserve. And, you know, hence my tagline, you know, your self-worth will never outperform your uh, or your your net worth will never outperform your self-worth or you'll never outperform your own self-image. Both are the same. What you believe possible or real for you is really what's going to be possible and real for your life. And it's going to be what's possible and real for your business. And believe it or not, it's going to be what's possible and real for your bank account. So it starts with you. Do the work on you. Okay, and and realize that when I say do the work on you, I I really mean, you know, um, dig in and and understand what makes you function. And you're probably going to find that you're going to need to be doing that with other people uh, because, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And it's very hard for us to see them because guess what? We are emotionally connected to it. So therefore we've got a whole bunch of baggage around it and it clouds our view, it clouds our vision. So when I say do the work, it's it's you know find the right person to assist you. Again, it will save you a ton of time. It'll save you thousands of dollars to start from that perspective and realize that um, the most precious resource you have is time. It is the thing that is not going to come back. Money can come and go and come again. Time goes. All right. So number one, it all starts with you. Number two, love what you do. Love it. Love it. Be passionate about it. If you are not loving what you do, if you're just sort of thinking it's okay, if you think it's a great idea and it's going to make you tons of money, but you're not really passionate about it, if you only got involved because you didn't know what else to do, um, or, you know, there's all sorts of reasons people get a little, um, desperate. They're not sure they grab onto the first thing that they think might, might make, make money for them. If you are anything other than in love with your business, um, then it's not the right business for you because somebody who's in love, somebody who's passionate about what they do, they're going to win every time over someone who isn't, it's, it's that simple. So, you know, love what you do because that's also the, the, the key to showing up, the key to, to fall, failing forward, as they say, just learning 
um, through your mistakes how to succeed. When you love what you do, you're willing to keep doing it. So that's really, really essential. And then, um, you know, the third step harkens back to number one and number two, and that is always grow, always continue to grow. Always do what it takes to expand yourself. Um, and inside of that, there will be expansion in your business and in your life. So, you know, expand your horizons and your possibilities. Uh, this is sort of the dare to dream scenario, you know, take it as big as you want. Uh, and and then have the, the knowledge to back it up, which is expansion. Sometimes that means education on a very practical front. Sometimes that means um, personal development or spiritual enlightenment, um, expansion. Sometimes that means just traveling and seeing different cultures. Just continue to expand yourself and, and your business will follow. It will grow um, and, and you will get more and more confident and courageous in your life. So as you can tell, Marie, my, my top three tips really put it firmly back into the hands of the individual and into the entrepreneur because we really are the source of, of everything. Right. And that's for the first one is to work on yourself first. And the second one is to to love what you do. And the third one is always keep growing and learning. Huge takeaways there that our listeners can take action on today. So thank you for really elaborating that as well, uh, that we all can learn from. So I love that you shared that one. Now, entrepreneurs are wide readers. Can you recommend a book or two that our listeners can get that will help them grow personally and professionally? You know, there's the, the, the one that I'm sure your readers are very well aware of and, and, and know that it exists and have probably read it. Uh, but it's, of course, the, the go-to, the thinking Grow Rich reality. Um, thinking Grow Rich has been around since the turn of the century. Uh, I will say from a woman's perspective, it's, it's a very masculine written book, but ladies, um, who are listening to this, you know, just, just grit your teeth and get through it. There's some really basic principles and many of the current authors today are, are really rewriting, uh, thinking grow rich over and over and over again. So it's not that there aren't other great books out there, but that's sort of the go-to. Many consider it kind of the Bible of entrepreneurship. Um, and again, it can, it's, it's kind of very masculine in the way it's written. It's turn of the century. Um, but the principles are absolutely 100% accurate. They have not shifted. They have not changed. And they're the source of much material today. So that book is definitely one you want to have in your library and you, and you want to read it. Um, another great standard is the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, the seven habits of highly effective people, again, an older book, but these are the go-tos. These are the, the anchors that one wants to have in their personal development library because they really do give you principles that you can practice. Another one that I like because it changes your perception on time and that's the four hour work week. Okay, it's called the four hour work week. And I'm not mentioning authors' names simply because I'm not always um, good at remembering them absolutely 
correctly and one that remembers faces more and images more. So the titles are, are very well, you know, they've all been on bestseller lists and they've been out there for a long time. So the four hour work week is the newest on the, on the recommended uh, library list that I'm giving you. Uh, and, but it really is a way to shift your perception on time and a way to shift your perception on how you do business. And that's a good thing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to kind of have yourself stretched in that way. So those three books I recommend as kind of cornerstones to anybody's success library. So that's Think and Grow Rich and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and the 4-Hour Workweek. Yes, yes, great resources there. So I'm sure I'm going to make sure that this is going to be on our show notes as well. Now, last but not least, Deborah, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service and where they can get it. And then we'll end from there. Okay. Well, you know, for me, the big benefit people get when they work with me is bottom line, they get to understand what they don't know they don't know that's standing between them and what they really want. So Marie, I'll give you a, a classic definition of a client. Okay, clients who come to me, uh, they're either starting up or starting over or they're trying to resuscitate their business. Uh, what they all have in common is that they get it. They, they're, they're kind of doing everything right. They know that they, they've got to work. Um, if they've got an idea, they know that they've got to put it in action. Um, they, they know that they need to market. Uh, they may not have all of it figured out, but they really get that they need to show up and they're showing up. But for some reason or another, they continue to do what I say, you know, keep running into the glass ceiling or another way of looking at it. They keep running up into the wall and, uh, and it hurts and it stops them and, and they don't know why, you know, they really are, you know, looking and, and attempting and, and trying. And in some cases, some of my clients have already been through all sorts of workshops. They have a great library. They've been to all sorts of training and, and they're showing up and going, what's wrong with me? And the reality is there's nothing wrong with them. Um, it's just that there's a belief system. I kind of referred to it as the foundational lie way back when I was first starting to talk. And that's my languaging. Um, and I refer to it also when it, in one of my um, number one of my top three uh, tips is that it starts with you. You are the source. There is something called a foundational lie that um, – We've all experienced, in fact, it happened so long ago, though, we don't remember. We, we don't know it, uh, how, but it's 100% true for everybody. And it's a time in our lives when we made choices, we made decisions. We realized uh, we thought we had to fix something. We thought we had to show up a particular way. And what it's really done is it's kind of flavored our idea of what's possible in life and more importantly, what we deserve. And, and what would be the best way that they can um, get those resources and then connect with you more? Well, what I help them do is to actually identify that pattern and and what re identify the transformational lie and or the foundational lie and transform it into supportive 
belief systems, into a truth, into a change that's really going to get them conscious to where they're going and why they're getting there. Um, and it changes their life dynamically. It changes their ability to do business. And most importantly, it creates a relationship to abundance. It creates, literally creates an abundance of cash flow. Um, my, my clients end up making a tremendous amount of money after they've gone through the signature system, which is called the whole wealth breakthrough. And basically that's, that's the starting point for most of my clients. I also do a retreat called For the Love of Money, Turning Your Money Woes into Money Wows and Wins, which is all about transforming just that, that their relationship to money. So again, this is the first step, and that's what they get when they work with me. If, if you're an entrepreneur and you're struggling, you don't have to. There's just something that you don't know yet. And basically, you'll get that through working with me. And what I typically do is I offer clarity sessions, which are uh, how we would connect and talk and discover one another. And you could get a better idea as a client, a potential client, how working with me might look. Um, and I get a better idea of what's going on because obviously it needs to be a fit. Um, and that clarity session, I would be very happy to offer to anybody who's listening to your show right now, absolutely gratis. Um, you know, as 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 just a, a way to meet, greet, and connect, and see if doing this kind of work would be the right and perfect next step. So, how people can connect with me is um, you can either call me in North America. I have an eight hundred number one eight hundred five eight two two seven seven two eight hundred five eight two two seven seven two, or you can email me and I'm going to give you the actual email for the money retreat because um, it's simple and it will let me know that um, it's one of your listeners. So uh, that is actually money retreat at gmail.com money m-o-n-e-y retreat r-e-t-r-e-a-t at gmail.com so just drop me a line and actually marie if they mention your show awesome i will also promise you and all your listeners that i will give them a really really special um thank you and acknowledgement of your of their patronage to your show by offering them a really really great deal on any programs that they work uh, that they may do and, and choose to work with with me. How's that? All right. Thank you so much for being generous in sharing that. So that her link is deborahbishop.com. And I highly recommend our listeners to go check her out, especially the products and the services that she's putting out there and to take advantage of the her free clarity session with her. And you can reach her all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast. I will have them available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Deborah Bishop or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find for you and for our listeners out there I highly recommend that you check her out and the services that she's providing and mention that you are a listener of today's leading women so thank you so much for being generous in sharing those thank now, you Marie yeah, Deborah, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you, Marie, and I wish you many blessings and, of course, whole wealth. Podcasting is taking the world by storm. If you are a marketer and not using this platform, your business is missing out on a big opportunity to reach a wider audience. 
Find out how you can create, grow, and monetize your podcast and take your podcasting skills from novice to experts. Go to learnpodcastingtoday.com now. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top three iPhone apps that these high-achieving women use to get things done lightning fast today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash apps for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.